1: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Hi, welcome to today's episode of The Seahawks Are in the Playoffs. Uh, brought to you by the Locked on Seahawks podcast. Now, this is today's episode of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. Did I mention the Seahawks are in the playoffs? The Seahawks beat the Kansas City Chiefs uh, by a score of 38-31. to 31. Uh, One of the best games I've watched all year is back and forth. The Seahawks maintained a lead Spike we'll talk about it in a little bit but I will do a quick intro before we get into the show. I am Grant Goldberg, I co-host the Seahawks podcast and do social media and graphic design work for SB Nations Lakers site and Spike is a writer with the Stranger. And Spike, did I mention the Seahawks are in the playoffs because they beat you, the Kansas City Chiefs? You did. That was why I yeah, what a good game.
0: What a what a great performance from most of the team. I mean, you can set aside one particular guy, uh, and we'll get to that later. I am sh- sure, but man, um, most of the Seahawks played really well tonight, and obviously, starts with that offensive performance. Oh my God,
2: Russell Wilson! Oh my God! I mean, oh my! T- that's oh that's my the God. phrase right there. Oh my! Like he had the most throws this year in in, in a single game. That just maybe sit there and say, oh my God! Like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from shutting off potential uh, sacks to you know throwing it, you know, what w- must have been fifty yards into the air and then all the way downfield to Tyler Lockett, uh, it-, it was just an incredible performance from Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. I mean, there's benchmark games all around the board. The Seahawks not only kept up with the Chiefs but set the pace and maintained a lead for. Almost all of the game. Yeah, and you know, you look at his line, and I guess we'll start
0: with the offense. So you look at you look at Russ's line: eighteen for twenty nine, two seventy one, three touchdowns, three sacks that's about what you hope for. But then you've got some big pass interference penalties, some big defensive holding penalties that he drew along the way that really turns that game into something special. Because, like, he was going for him, and he earned him, especially with Tyler Lockett doing his best Torrey Smith circa the Ravens impression where you just air out that deep ball and let him get the contact. I mean... Wilson was doing everything running as well. Eight rushes, 57 yards, seven yards to carry. He had a twenty six yard. I mean, he just looked great. He just looked awesome, and just some of those throws right on the red line. Just his accuracy on the deep ball tonight. And uh, look, he missed. He missed like what two to Doug. One that Doug dropped, and one that he just overthrew. So, but you take those away. My God, he was so accurate on such difficult balls. That one to lock it on the right sideline stands out. But there were a few where you're just like, uh, not a lot of guys can do that. And I mean, one of those dudes was on the other side. Patrick Patrick Mahomes played pretty well, too. But I think Russ, on the whole, out him. I mean, he put up the same yardage, basically, in 10 fewer attempts. He outrushed him. I mean, I, it was a great game from Russ.
2: Yeah, uh, and he was, I mean, he didn't have 30 pass attempts, but it's still, I mean, he dropped back 30, 20 t- 29 times, sorry, uh, to throw the ball. He was super efficient, and he didn't put the ball in jeopardy Ever. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a second where I felt like we were going to turn the ball over, which makes a huge
0: de- like, huge difference. I guess Lockett putting it on the ground um, was the one
2: time on that punt return. But otherwise, it, it, the ball security was unreal. Oh, yeah, that play where uh, he just let it bounce and then kind of uh, got into a huddle of Chiefs, like seven Chiefs players and dove on the ball. But uh, and and, and you know, sticking with the ball being in jeopardy, um, I mean, the Seahawks won the turnover battle two to zero, which was fantastic. And we'll get about, get into the defense later. But uh, when whenever the ball left Russell Wilson's hands, there wasn't any you know, "oh my gosh, what is he thinking?" moments. Um, yeah. it, it was just "is oh my gosh, what a throw! Oh my gosh, what a completion! What a catch!" Uh, Doug Baldwin's catch, one hand. Uh, Doug Baldwin's oh. catch uh, over the shoulder, falling down yeah. uh, in the corner, front corner of the end zone. There, I mean, this, this game probably had the the most remarkable plays we've seen from Seahawks all year. Um, I mean, Chris Carson literally pushed two guys into the end zone with him tonight, uh, and he had a cute little push from Russell Wilson uh, after the fact, too, try, try to help him into the end zone, in air quotes. But, uh, I, I mean, we can start talking about the rushing game, too, because, yeah. uh, I mean, for the most part, it was like a hot knife through butter. There was a couple times where the Chiefs really sold out to stop the run, and it yeah. was clear. Um, I, I think it was yeah, it the, was the Chiefs... two oh I was going to say it was the two plays before the, the third and 15 that Ed Dixon converted, the two mm-hmm. runs with the clock winding down where it, it was just kind of hand the ball off to Carson, run to the outside, and, and the Chiefs had a few guys just waiting for him right there. And that was the only time – uh really where I was scratching my head about the play calling with the running because we obviously knew how bad the Chiefs were in stopping the run before tonight but uh the Seahawks really you know you know tapped into that and really made it a part of the game plan as it is every part every week but uh it was it was super successful tonight 43 rushes for 210 yards i mean that's not
0: a crazy efficient running game. I actually thought the Seahawks might be a little more efficient. Obviously, there was a lot of movement around that offensive line. Fluker didn't start, but then Sweezy goes down. Posick moves to left guard. Fluker comes in. And then Fant was in and out of the lineup. Noah Fetty. So you had a pretty makeshift offensive line overall. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job considering. um, I mean, some of that is just the Chiefs are not a great run defense. I did think we might be able to get a higher per carry average than we did. But we were just consistently effective, like you were saying. I mean, we had those numbers where the longest run of the game from a running back was 17 yards. That just tells you that we weren't getting explosive runs, but we were getting consistently six, seven yards on a carry, which is really good, really good, really good performance uh, there. At one point, we did have an offensive lineman in the game I had not heard of. Yeah which is a little scary. Who was that? It was a couple plays he came in in relief of George Fant. Uh on, Elijah
2: up. and I cannot pronounce his his last yeah, name. You're in trouble. I sort of I sort of put you in a tough position. No, but it's it's okay. One of us was going to have to do it. Um, yeah,
0: Elijah in, Kansa, in Kansa, out of yeah. Toledo, a rookie out of Toledo. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, by the time Elijah Nkansa is on the field, you are at your, like, six-string tackle. Like, we forget about Jamarco Jones. You know, like, like the Seahawks' plan never involved Elijah Nkansa. And I think that that is a real testament to what Mike Solari has done this year in terms of revitalizing this offensive line. And it shows that it isn't just the talent that was brought in. I mean, Dwayne Brown had another really solid game uh, minus—oh, no, he didn't have the hold. Fan had a hold. Um, he had a really solid game. Britt had a solid game. Uh, the Chiefs' interior pass rush is very scary, and we did a pretty good job of keeping Russ clean for the most part. So, you know, credit where credit is due to those elite or borderline elite guys up front. But I think this game showed more than any other how much Solari has just improved this system.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here watching... I mean, we, just this last week, we were talking about how the Seahawks we're losing to the 49ers and now they just beat one of the best teams in the NFL in the Chiefs and you know I'm I'm sort of sitting here and and this is probably not the right decision for me but I'm looking back at these close losses that the Seahawks had and if you know one of these Rams games goes their way and and, and another one of their games goes their way early on in the season maybe the Broncos game I mean we're looking at at least home field through one game of the playoffs and and the Seahawks are back to being that kind of night and day team on the road and, and at home but I, I don't know. I I think, you know, I should just be happy that the, yeah. the Seahawks are in the playoffs right now. And we can sort I of mean, look
0: forward later. We're going to be the five seed um, most likely. And like that's I, you know, maybe we would have had to probably win both of those Rams games to get up to the two seed. And it's just the way that it works. Like we would have had a better record than the bears maybe, but I don't know if we would have been able to get the Rams for the division title. But, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say this about the San Francisco loss last week. like, the difference in penalties was 100 yards yeah, mm-hmm. to this. And I think that was the difference. San Francisco at home gave us one of their best games of the year. And we made a ton of mistakes and lost a close one in overtime. This one, we played a much cleaner game, but it really came down to we got some borderline calls you know yep. like that doug baldwin holding call like they got some good breaks too in terms of a false start that wasn't called but i'd say on balance the seahawks got just the better of the refereeing in this game uh in a way that we just very much did not last week and also you know it's a home game in prime time in december it's just a lot of things are really to our benefit that you know like i still think the chiefs are very good and i think the 49ers are very bad and I actually don't think the Seahawks played down to down radically differently week to week I just think like That's how the cookie crumbles, and the cookie crumbled like 10 points away from the average result in both games, and in one that meant we go to overtime and lose, and in the other it means we win by seven instead of losing by three or something along those lines. I don't know what the point of me saying all this is, but I I just think it's worth contextualizing that San Francisco loss because, you know, you watch that back, and it's not like it was a terrible performance. No,
2: the only only reason it's a terrible performance, well, besides – they lost but is the penalties (laughs) and I was and I was going to I was going to mention the penalties at some point much cleaner game uh Ethan Posick I think deserves a a lot of credit I mean he got beat a couple times but you know a lot better than last week uh I I think a lot of credit goes up to you know everybody who kind of went with the flow uh with the offensive line held up against the Blitz And uh, really allowed Russell Wilson to have one of his best games this year. And I think it's one of those benchmark games where, you know, a Pete Carroll team beats a a really good contending team. uh, And and Russell Wilson, Seahawks offense had a ton to do with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I think the last thing I want to say about the offense before we go is the play calling, man. Down the stretch, we played to win. Yeah. And that was super cool to watch. It was super cool to watch. And it was super cool to watch the team execute to really rise up. Like, they, you know, I even think about, like, we get even after Baldwin catches that ball, which is such a ballsy play, such a ballsy play. I mean, I've seen Pete Carroll play to go up by six, and he didn't do that against the Chiefs. And that's so crucial because we just know how quickly they can get down the field and score. And so it was so smart to avoid playing for the six point lead. But then. To then just like rush it in, I was like, "Hey man, kneel it, kneel it three times like Chris Carson tried to run it in on fourth down. Like give him no clock and let's see what happens." They don't care. They they played to win the game and they just went out there and won it. And especially in an, in a league where offside onside kicks just never work anymore, like you might as well just try to grab the game by the throat because the other team is going to give you the ball back and you'll be able to win it then. Like I just thought it was such such cool. Play calling down the stretch from Shoddy and Pete, and you know, night and day on where I was on their play calling from weeks one and two of this season.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think we we've, we've both seen far too many times the Seahawks go into the last few minutes of a game with a lead and just totally just fold, play too conservatively. But yeah, they 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 went for the throat at the end of this game. It paid off big time. I think, you know, Pete Carroll and Brian Schoenheimer, too, know that, you know, they know who they're playing. They know they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They can get down the field in a blink of an eye. I mean, they have had a little bit of pre- preparation in playing the Rams twice this year uh, in an offense that, you know, similarly moves the field at, moves down the field at a, a really quick pace. And so, you know, I, I, I think tonight we saw sort of a shift in Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer trusting Russell Wilson to ice the game and not the defense for once. And I think this is a a benchmark game for that reason too. And uh, the last thing I'll say before we go to break is that the Seahawks are in the playoffs. We'll talk more about it after we take a quick moment away. So stay tuned for more Locked On Seahawks on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we are back with the next portion of today's episode of the Lockdown Seahawks podcast. You are still with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. And I mentioned earlier in the show that the Seahawks were able to maintain a lead against the Chiefs. And I really think a big part of that was their first half performance against this Kansas City offense, who can really you know get out to a fast start. Uh, they held Mahomes to 85 yards or 82 yards in the first half and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, they benefited from a really big miss to Travis Kelsey early in the game. But besides that, uh, they did a, a, an incredible job. I think, you know, this is weird for me to say and, and start off the defensive part of the show, but Akeem King was yeah. excellent tonight uh, against Travis Kelsey, against, you know, their slot receivers. I, I think he was a, a standout player uh, amongst standout players in the Seahawks defense tonight
0: totally agree it was very cool because we saw bobby and McDougal bracketing travis kelsey early and it just didn't work and if bobby and bradley can't do it then the answer is just the linebacker and safety bracketing the dude isn't going to work because like there aren't a better coverage duo of linebacker and like big safety <laughs> like, who, like what are we talking about if they can't do it no one can so, so to move to that sort of Extra defensive back on the field, four cornerbacks. The it, It's a lineup that we saw a couple weeks ago for the first time. It's the bandit package, something we saw very early in Pete Carroll's tenure. And sometimes some plays are getting six, seven D-backs on the field. It was very cool to see how effective that was. Akeem King is a big dude. He's a fast dude, and he was able to really man up on Kelsey without taking away from other things. I mean, what, what we lost from that, honestly, is – Chiefs averaged like seven yards a carry running the ball. Yeah. So like we did lose a little bit, but it also let us keep KJ on a pitch count. It let us rest KJ a little bit while also building up um just like the quality of our ability to defend the pass, which against Andy Reid, so crucial. Definitely. So I de- just think I just think so much credit is due to Pete and Ken Norton for how they schemed this game up. You know, there were some really tough plays. I mean, this is a game where the other team put up 31 points. I mean, this Chiefs offense is legit. We saw Mahomes make plays. He beat Shaq Griffin. He beat everybody at least once. I mean, Trey Flowers had a great game again. But, like, he did work. He went out there and did work. But at the end of the game, like... We made enough stops, enough huge plays, forced them into a three and out a couple times, just enough to be able to have them forced to, you know, kick an onside kick at the end of the game. That's it. So, you know, just again, so much credit to this defense, which I, you know, 31 points is what I thought they'd give up. But like, hey, they did it in a way that was really impressive.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's the best 31-point de- performance I've seen from a defense in a long time. But uh, now, to, to be completely serious, uh, I, I, I thought, and, and I think you agreed with me, and a lot of people you know, had the same thought, that uh, this game was going to be largely impacted up front with the Seahawks' injuries on their offensive line and, and the Seahawks' defensive line needing a, a really good performance. And that's what we got tonight. It was only one sack. From Dion Jordan, who had a, a great game. Uh he's one of the people that I highlighted that was going to need to have an impact tonight to make the difference against the Chiefs. But uh I mean just for I mean the Seahawks defense had one sack, but they had eleven hits on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And that played a big part in the way Mahomes uh he was he was scrambling out of the pocket a lot, he was feeling pressure. A lot of the time tonight, I was forcing him to get the ball out early, Uh, they were hitting him as he released the ball, uh, and and it had a big effect on him, you know, we see Mahomes try to extend plays, and we see Mahomes try to take advantage and, you know, and gear up for these deep shots, but, you know, very few times tonight was he able to really throw the ball down the field Yeah,
0: one of them was on a cover zero blitz and just the second I saw us line up like that I'm like Patrick Mahomes is the evolution of Russell Wilson Or <laughs> like what are we yeah. doing we know what happens when you do a cover zero blitz against these dudes they're mobile enough and they have Tyreek Hill and they just crushed us on it and I was yeah. like oh what are we doing we never do this there's a reason that's oh. like
2: it's like on Madden when you see you see the same thing you hot route your receiver just to go deep because you know you're going to get that and, and and it was this it was basically the Seahawks gifting the Chiefs uh an explosive pass play but you no know, Frank Clark is a guy that I'll talk about too tonight because he had three quarterback hits and he had the best cleats that I've seen this season on the Seahawks team um huh? and yeah. so and so yeah this was a guy that I've been critical of because you know he wasn't finishing plays tackling was an issue for him and and multiple times tonight I saw him, you know, in pursuit. You know, guys were, you know, 7-8 yards past the line of scrimmage and he still wasn't giving up on the play. Um, I mean, he came out with those comments um, when the Seahawks were going to play against the 49ers that this was his defense and yeah. you know I think that he played like that. Tonight, you know, he didn't give up on any plays and I think you know he set the example for for the defensive line and and being aggressive, making the right plays uh, just, you know, having a relentless motor, like I said, three quarterback hits, he had, you know, four tackles tonight, but I think that doesn't really do justice for his impact on the game. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: I mean, you saw his get out, get off on that one play that Mahomes almost threw a touchdown on when he was falling out of bounds. I was like, oh, he stepped out. It's like, no, he didn't. Uh, The receiver did, fortunately. I mean... Mahomes is a really tough opponent, and we saw all the arm angle stuff. We saw his mobility. We saw his deep ball. But, again, like, we forced him to be inaccurate, and that is what Clark and Reed and the guys up front, Quentin Jefferson a couple times, Jacob Martin once, I noticed. Them forcing him to rush throws – just makes him a little less in a, a little more inaccurate down and down a little less accurate and that just was the difference again it was just a couple drives for them didn't go the way they wanted they just got off schedule and it was like wow this defense is really making a couple plays and yeah I couldn't be more impressed also avoiding penalties like there just weren't any really backbreaking penalties uh so yeah I don't I don't know. And hey, uh, Grant,
2: do you know where the playoffs? Yeah, no, the Seahawks are <laughs> in the playoffs. Remarkably, uh, beating the Chiefs put the Seattle Seahawks in the 2018-19 NFL playoffs. It's incredible. I'm still uh, I'm still celebrating as a matter of fact. Um, one last note I'll say on the uh-huh. defense. Um no, and 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 this is kind of a a continuation from the defensive line talk. I, I mean, we mentioned that the Seahawks benefit from playing against Russell Wilson every day. But I think yeah. we really saw that payoff tonight. Um, we, we saw Mahomes burn us a few times. I mean, just a couple times, especially on that fourth down play where he scrambled uh all the way to what, the twenty yard line from like midfield. But you know, aside from that and aside from a couple other like minor first downs, uh, the the Seahawks defensive line did a really good job of keeping contain on Patrick Mahomes Didn't really let him use his legs as much to extend the play and when he tried to extend the play uh, The Seahawks made it really really difficult for him And so that's a, just a really minor note that I had in the back of my head during this whole game And and it really paid off for the Seahawks having Russell Wilson on the roster and so I, I think just on that alone the Seahawks obviously need to extend Russell Wilson for the inevitable matchups against Patrick Mahomes in the in the Super Bowl, uh, in regular seasons down the line for the next few years.
0: Definitely, from tonight's game, the big takeaway: re-sign Russell Wilson because of his ability to do scout team work. A hundred percent.
2: Yeah, if not for all the throws he makes and and the incredible jaw dropping plays, it's his scout teamwork. work. So. Uh, Big kudos to uh, Pete Carroll, John Schneider for keeping Russell Wilson and uh, inevitably making the playoffs. <laughs> so we'll, we'll come back after this short break, give out game balls, talk about special teams because it, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned for more of that on the Locked On Seahawks podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network.
3: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: And we're back with the final portion of today's episode of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You are still with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. And I think we need to address the elephant in the room or the elephant-sized person in the room. It's Sebastian Janikowski. And um, he missed a couple kicks tonight. He had another subpar effort on a on a very long kick return tonight. I I mean, throughout the most of the season, kicker hasn't been a position of worry. Uh, it hasn't nearly affected any games like Blair Walsh did uh, last year. But I think we're seeing the culmination of all this kicker luck that we've had just completely flip. Uh, so I, I I don't well, know where to begin. It
0: cost, I mean, it cost us last week. We had yeah. this extra point to go to overtime. Uh you know, uh yeah, Janikowski is a below average kicker. He's not Blair Walsh, who was the worst kicker in the league last year, but you're talking about a guy who can't kick the ball out of the back of the end zone when he needs to. I mean, he, was, he got hurt in this game, too. Yeah. So I assume we'll be trying out, guys. Uh, and it really hurts that Jason Myers was the guy in camp battle with him, and he's gone on to be a pro bowler this year with New York. So that doesn't make it easier to swallow that Janikowski has really been pretty inaccurate recently and, again, injury-prone. Because he's older, he's coming off a back surgery. Uh, and it forced Michael Dixon to do some drop kicks, and then he missed a punt. And you're just like, well, he's thinking drop kick, and then he has to punt it. You don't really want the same guy doing those things without planning it, even though I do want more and more Michael Dixon drop kicks. Obviously, this isn't how okay. I want that to happen. I want it to be part of a plan. Uh, so, yeah, so I think like. And he can't tackle. Like, it's two weeks in a row with a huge return. At least this week he got a hand on the dudes, which <laughs> gave Akeem King enough time to come back and prevent the touchdown, which could have really transformed the game, that game. Yeah. yeah, holding them to a field goal on that drive and making them run the clock below the two-minute warning is what let us kneel it out once we recovered. So, you know, uh yeah. Uh, yeah, not good enough from Janikowski. Again, we're looking for a kicker next season. And again, I'm nervous when our kicker comes in to kick the ball, which ain't great. Don't love it.
2: Yeah, don't love it. Um, I, I, and we can shift the conversation to Michael Dixon a little bit more. Because I, I think, you know, on, on average, he performed, you know, it wasn't disappointing by any means. He was asked to do a lot tonight uh way more than any punters had to do in a game probably uh he's had he had to punt the ball he had to drop kick uh kickoffs and so that can take a toll that can you know really you know tire out a, t- a kicker a punter's leg and so you know i think you know while it wasn't as good as any of his performances in the past weeks um i st- i still think you know having a punter that you can put in a position to act just even do that for your team the Seahawks are incredibly lucky to have a guy like Dixon. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. All right, so game balls? Game balls. Okay, so uh I mean is Russell Wilson exempt from the game ball tonight because oh, he's no, give it so. All right, cuz he is my offensive game ball. Uh really just he delivered for the Seahawks tonight. Now, the Seahawks, their identity is to run the ball and uh and excel off of these, you know, deep shot passes and explosive plays in the passing game off play action. And, you know, we saw Russell Wilson be aggressive. We saw him on point with his accuracy. Um, the plays that he extended with his legs, he broke two tackles in the backfield and then proceeded to scramble for, what, 30 yards? Um, the the composure, the poise that we saw from Russell Wilson tonight is exactly why I'm excited for a potential Seahawks run through the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to say that they're the world-beater teams that they've been in the past, but you know the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, we've always said has a chance. And if especially if they get that Russell Wilson that they did tonight, uh, I, I have a hard time, you know, not believing the Seahawks can can lose against these teams in the playoffs. I know there's a lot of good teams in the NFC, but uh, if the Seahawks have Russell Wilson playing like that tonight, uh, their offensive line uh, as a cohesive unit playing like that. Uh, I, I like their chances against a lot of these NFC teams. Yeah. Yeah,
0: for me, uh, it's tough because there are three skill position dudes who all had insane games. Chris Carson over 1,000 yards on the year right now. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett over Doug Baldwin, even though Baldwin's numbers were better. Baldwin was fighting through a ton. He made some incredible catches. It was just that one throw to Lockett on the sideline. Also, the savvy P.I., draws it was just a really great game from Lockett uh, and a game that was I guess it just comes down to we've gotten used to Lockett having great games where he's scoring touchdowns for us he didn't score a touchdown tonight and he's still maybe the most impactful guy on the field uh, had a great great return at one point I mean
2: there's a lot going on in his game tonight so I'm going to give it to
0: Tyler Lockett
2: yeah uh, an astounding 24.8 yards per reception tonight <laughs> Yep. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm going to go. And then so defensive, I'm going
0: to go with the slot cornerback, a guy who's a little unheralded. Not Akeem King. I'm going with Justin Coleman nice. for those punch-out, fumble-forcing. Uh, he also was really good in coverage. I mean, he had one blown coverage on, like, a long-developing Mahomes bit of nonsense. But, man— punching the ball out on Conley at the end of the first half so we could ice that away, go into the half of the lead, get the ball back. I just think it was such a huge play. Coleman's gotten so good at making those huge, turn the ball over. You know, He's got the pick sixes on his resume. He's got the fumble recoveries on his resume. He's bringing the Byron Maxwell punches to the game. He is our Byron Maxwell at this point, point. and if you're talking about a game where you're giving up points but you're winning because you're turning the ball over and you're bending but you're not breaking, that's the sort of game where a dude like that is the one who is quietly impactful so I'm gonna go Justin Coleman tonight
2: yeah uh Justin Coleman I think is probably one of the more underrated players on the Seahawks in the league as a whole I think that's been true for a couple years now uh I can give the game ball to either one of the safeties that played tonight I think Delano Hill for all the crap that he was given especially by us um, yeah, he didn't really have a terrible game. He wasn't like no, he wasn't very noticeable. Which you know, a, a player like that in a position like that against a team like they played in the Chiefs, uh, that's a really good thing. Uh, but I think Bradley McDougald kind of edges Delano Hill out in my game ball rankings because you know he he's dealt with this knee injury for almost a month now, and you know he comes he comes back literally from the Bay Area Friday to play in this game Sunday against the Chiefs. And, you know, has an early run stop in this game. Uh, he is the second-leading tackler on the team with seven. And, you know, I think, you know, if not for for Bradley McDougald, uh, we've been critical of the way this uh, defensive secondary has played over stretches. If not for him, uh, it, the complexion of it is, is just completely changed. It's give, They're giving up a lot more chunk plays. And so just for his presence out there tonight, uh, gutting it out again with that knee injury. um, Brandon McDougall's probably the the unsung hero of the Seahawks defense. Yep. Yeah. He's great. He's so good. I love that we didn't
0: even mention Bobby Wagner, who <laughs> had twelve more tackles. more like, tackles. Jesus. I mean, yeah, like, all right. Well yeah. and it was fun to see KJ out there playing well, and again, I think Akeem King had a great game. Um hey, I, really I, exciting, really fun game. Just a exactly. really fun I, game. And I think like it's a it's crazy. a game where KJ, they needed I got breaking news.
2: Breaking news. Seahawks are in the playoffs. Seahawks are in the playoffs. They're gonna need. They're gonna need all those plays from tonight, play, especially plays like David Moore dragging a Chiefs defensive back across the across the, uh, the, the sticks. Really friendly spot. Oh my god, that was a friendly spot. I loved it. Yeah, and 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 they'll need you no. Know, they'll need to play clean like they did tonight. They'll need a lot of things to break their way, uh, as does any team looking to make a deep playoff run. But is that it for today's show? Yeah, the, the Seahawks
0: so. made the playoffs. Show. Seahawks made the playoffs. Seahawks made the playoffs. So Seahawks made the playoffs. Uh, leave a review. We're probably only going to do one more show this week as a preview of the Cardinals games. We said if we made the playoffs to ourselves that we take it a little easy around the holidays, uh, and so we're probably just going to be doing a preview of the Cardinals game on like the 26th or 27th. So look out for that. Otherwise, as always, leave a review. Uh, hook it up on uh, whatever we sponsored this week. Buy stuff from our sponsors. Why not? They're great. All of our sponsors are great. I've used many of their products. Haven't used Bluetooth
2: yet, but one of these <laughs> days. And, one of these days. One of these days, maybe further down the line, but one of these days. Uh, yeah, le- maybe le-
0: on a day when we don't make the playoffs, so I don't. <laughs> All right. I don't know.
2: I, we're getting, we're venturing into different territories, but leave a review saying the Seahawks made the playoffs and how you are going to celebrate. You know, get fun with it. Be creative with your reviews. Make it a five star review. Reach out to us on Twitter. Celebrate with us on there at Grant Goldberg at Spike Friedman. The show's Twitter is at Locked Seahawks. Thank you guys. For following along throughout this season, it's kind of been, uh, this was supposed to be the rebuild year, but uh, the Seahawks, uh, I've, I've said it a lot this year, and mostly as a joke, but against all odds, the Seahawks are in the playoffs. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so hey. I think that does it for today's episode. For, so for the Locked on Seahawks podcast, I am Grant Goldberg signing off. That was Spike Friedman, also signing off. The Seahawks are in the playoffs. Playoffs.